We are back. Thank you for coming back with us and joining us here on the Three Major Sports Podcast. Uh, we are back for episode 14 after a small one-month hiatus from you all, so we can, <laughs> you know, change our lives around a little bit. Uh, as yeah. usual, I've got Rob hosting with us, but no yes, longer sir. from the Tampa area. Rob, where are we at now? Uh, we are in northeast Tacoma, right below Seattle. Look at that. Coast-to-coast coverage on that's your it. favorite sports podcast. <laughs> you know it, buddy. So that's awesome. Very happy for you. So now uh, we got somebody in a blue state and somebody in a red state. We get, you know, the total polar opposites of what's going on out there. That's right. Two different worlds. Yes, indeed. So, well, we are back and we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. We've got about three weeks left in the season. Uh, so we're going to see what the standings look like, what it looks like going into the wild card uh, and what we think about what might happen there. And then we are going to switch gears into everybody's favorite time of the year. We're going to switch gears. I said years or gears. I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to switch gears and talk about everybody's favorite time of the year and some football. So as we are talking right now, it is the third quarter of this Dallas-Tampa Bay game in Tampa Bay League 21-19. So football season is officially back. I know college football started, but this is when it really gets going. The NFL is back. Uh, so we got week one this week. We're going to talk about some of the big storylines going on in the NFL. Uh, and we're going to do a thing that we're going to go with all season where Rob and I are going to pick some games and uh, compare our records at the end of the year and see who knows more about what we're talking about. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Um, so, yeah, anything you want to tell them before we get going, Rob? You know, it's been a while since we've talked. No, man. Let's uh, let's rock and roll. I'm excited. Excellent. So. Baseball. We've got three weeks left in the season. We have some very interesting races in the wild card because most of the divisions are locked up. Um, craziest thing is when we started this podcast, it was about the beginning of baseball season, maybe mid midway through it. And no, it's like the beginning of baseball season. And the Giants came out to this lead, and and I think we were both. I know I was for sure. Like, yeah, this is just, this is not going to last, um, right? It's the Giants. Like, there's nobody on this team that we even know. And why would we think this is going to happen? Well, the Giants have the best record in baseball. The Giants right. are ahead of the Rays. And to put that into perspective, the Rays have a nine-game lead on the Boston Red Sox and a 10-game lead on the New York Yankees, who are both really good teams. So the Giants are even better than that. In a division with the Dodgers and the Padres, Um how, dude? How? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both of those teams are sort of like enigmas. I, I mean, even putting the Giants aside for a second, the, how the Rays continue to do what they're doing um, with just whatever they can sort of piece together at the time. Like, I don't even – they're going to have the best record in the American League, almost for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Houston's the only buddy – the only team that's they're close to them right now. six and a half back. It, yeah, yeah no, Tampa's going to more, unless there's some colossal meltdown, they're right. going to finish the season uh, with the American League best regular season. Yeah. Right. And and I've looked at their pitching staff within the last week, and I could not tell you who's going to start game one of, nope. of a playoff series. And, and, and I, that, to me, is like insanity. Kind of crazy. And not only who's going to start, I don't know how many innings they're going to pitch, even if they start. 
Right, <laughs> right. Be- because right. they do that thing where they'll just run a, a guy out there for two or three innings who's a reliever, and then they'll just throw a bullpen game. But then their bullpen games end up being like four hitters, two runs maybe. It's like a win. You're like, how? What? How right, this- right. He's he's even gotten to the point – I I attended a game when I lived there um, where he started the closer yeah. and, then, and then got him out after like six batters and then just sort of did whatever for a middle reliever for three innings. Uh, you know the setup guy for two and it's, it's it's nuts. Super money ball vibes with that. Yeah, but here we are, like the second year in a row. They're in the World Series last year, and now they have the best record in the American League. Um, again, I, I I couldn't necessarily tell you who their best player is. I know players on their team, but there's not like that guy mm, that no. is just sort of mowing everybody down. So. I don't know. It, it's crazy. San Francisco is kind of similar. I mean, obviously they got Chris Bryant uh, at the trade deadline. So, you know, there's, there's some recognizable names on that team. Um, but still, you know, to be two and a half up on the Dodgers. Yeah. San Francisco is basically Brandon Crawford and Chris Bryant at this point and then pitching. So Logan Webb has turned into like an ace over the past, I don't know, like six weeks for them. He's got, uh, it's like a sub two ERA during that time. He's doing like eight or nine strikeouts per nine innings. It's uh, and he's won them all. It's it's a crazy crazy thing that's going on in San Francisco. And I don't know, I don't know how Brandon Crawford's doing. Have you seen? I mean, Brandon Brandon Crawford's numbers are like Hall of Fame level. If this person were to do this for a while, this would be incredible. Hundred and twenty hits, twenty home runs, eighty RBIs. And ten stolen bases, hitting two ninety three. Yeah, eight seventy seven OPS for a shortstop, Brandon freaking Crawford. I don't know how is this happening. Yeah, um, I mean that was him. Uh, I don't even know that he was that good the last time they won the World Series. No, no. Buster Posey's the only other team, the only other player on the team with a hundred hits so far this season. Him and Crawford. And so you're like, okay, there's nothing outstanding on this team. Your leading right. home run hitter has twenty two. Like that's not. Crazy, and that guy struck out 113 times. G. Stremski. Uh, so that's not really great. He's hitting 222. So how is this? I don't. I don't understand how it's happening. I mean, it's awesome. I think they're going to be great in the playoffs. I oh. think that. Uh, I think that when San Francisco versus the Dodgers means something, that's like as they say, good for the game because that's an awesome rivalry. Absolutely, uh, Dodgers Giants. So if they can get to that. Uh, and with all the East Coast faces that are there now with Turner and Scherzer in the blue, and you got Chris Bryant for the Giants now, it's like a, a different feel to those teams, even from what last year would have provided. Um, so that'll be really cool if that's where it goes. Yeah. In the American League, uh, who do you think is going to take the wild card spots? Right now, the Yankees and the Red Sox hold them. Uh, I think that's I think that's it. I think Honestly, I think that's it. Really? Um, you look at the percentages and just like the upcoming schedules the next couple of weeks, um, they both have a greater than 50% chance of getting wild card spots. So, um, yeah, I think Oakland or Seattle is the next closest and they have like a Tor- 10% Tor- chance. Toronto's half a game back. And then Oakland and Seattle are two games back and Cleveland's eight. So I'm like, well, I mean, Toronto can – can definitely sneak in there. Those are the, you know, the baby boomers, as we called them at the beginning. They've yeah. had a really good season. Robbie I Ray guess... has resurrected his career there. Robbie Ray was a joke um, because of his control in some places. And now he's like, 
Cy Young candidate, and it's like a real possibility that dude wins it. It's it's incredible what right. they did up there. Yeah, yeah, they've only been in Canada for what two months? Not even. It's their third home stadium this season. Right, that's crazy. It's crazy that these guys are like nomads at this point. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I do think it'll be Boston and New York, honestly. Um, and you know, a one game playoff between Boston. That and would New be York, epic. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. At Fenway, it would be at Fenway if this if it stays the way it is right now, which is Boston four, Yankees five. Right. Um, and then the, the next awesome. series would be the Rays and the winner of that game, right? Correct. And the Rays have kicked the shit out of the Red Sox all year. Right. And I'm, I'm fairly certain they've had a pretty good record against the Yankees as well. So I, I don't know. They're uh, Probably. I'm looking yeah. forward to White Sox versus Houston. I want to see if the White Sox can, uh, can make some noise for real because that is – I mean, the White Sox can do it. They've, They've got the pitching. They need to get Lance Lynn back, who got hurt recently. Um, I don't know how serious that is, but he's an important part of that rotation. But, man, Luis Robert is back. Eloy Jimenez is back. They've got Tim Anderson. Um, Andrew Vaughn is starting to turn it around a little bit. The White Sox can definitely make some noise, and I hate the Astros, so I would love nothing more than for the White Sox to take them out in the first round and then just go and play probably Tampa, but whoever comes out of that AL East whole shindig that's going on at one, four, and five. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I th- I think of those five playoff teams, I hate all but one. So <laughs> as long as the Rays make it to the world series, I don't really care. <laughs> Why do you hate the White Sox? The White Sox have never done anything to anybody. Well, they're in our division. So you just sort of like, uh, that's a good point. I forget yeah, about that. I mean, they're, you're, I don't know that the Phillies have ever done anything to anybody, but I doubt you no, enjoy the watching Phillies. the Phillies. Yeah, no, see, there you go. The, there you yeah, go. Fuck the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> see? See? Uh, yeah, so. Good point. Yeah, good, that's, good point. that's my jam. It, I think it'll be fun, though. Um, just a little to add to what you said before. Anytime San Francisco's in the playoffs, it's just – it's so much fun. It's such an awesome ballpark, especially at night. Yeah. Um, it, it's just – the atmosphere is fantastic. So, yeah, that'll be Martin's... that'll be really nice. Marlins have great success there. We've never lost a playoff game there. We've had two series um, in that ballpark. It's phenomenal. I love it. Well, I mean, that's good. Um, yeah. th- that won't be happening this year. <laughs> no. I don't see how we had to go there. I just, you well, know, was simply stating facts that we are undefeated in that ballpark, and it is very nice to play in the playoffs. And... That's true. Those are both true statements. And, you know, you have uh, Dodger Stadium down the road. And then at Minute Maid place. Minute Maid seems like such a nice place, and I've been there, and it's just like in a not so great part of town. So it's like, yeah, I almost didn't enjoy that experience because you're like worried if your rental car is going to get broken into because they can see it's a <laughs> rental car. And I'm like, Fuck. right. Yeah. Uh, so that I wish was a little nicer there. But um, yeah, those the stadiums do give a different atmosphere to the playoffs. So it's cool. Uh, when you get good ones like San Francisco and like Dodger Stadium that are like iconic and awesome to watch, and so and obviously Yankee Stadium, Fenway, stuff like that. Tropicana right. doesn't really do it for me, but you know what are you no. gonna do? No, concrete no. dome. <laughs> right. One of these days they'll they'll figure something out with that. Either that or the Rays will move. Um, yeah. Too. But yeah, that's that stadium stinks. 
It does. We've both been there multiple times, and like, man, that is just not a great place to watch a ball for a ball game. Right, right. Everything and, is and just a concrete, just dome. Like everything's gray and concrete. Like, well, no. and the roof is a bag. I mean, you yes, can see that's... it flap around in the wind. Yes, yes, indeed. It's weird. It's cheap. <sighs> well, this is this is what baseball does to me. Thankfully, the Mets are out. Fuck the Mets. Uh, so that's, that's let's 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 just call this out though. So we indeed took a little hiatus here, right, for about a month. We did what NFL veterans do, and we took the preseason off. Um, the last time we recorded, the Mets were in first place in the NL East. They currently sit third, third, and like and under five hundred, four or five games out. Um, Sorry, I was looking at the wild card stuff. Yeah, four or five games out of the division in a, in a month. They have tumbled. They have free fallen in a month. They are four and a half games out. So four or five was pretty accurate. Four and a half games. <laughs> um, behind Atlanta, three and yeah, it's a game and a half behind Philadelphia just to be second to Atlanta. Uh, so yeah, they've free fallen. So I'm sure you've enjoyed that. I know in private with our friends, we have uh, pointed this out several times in this time. But, you know, in the meantime, what else happened? Javi Baez booed or, you know, thumbed down his own fans. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's clearly just a, just a pit stop for him. He's not going to be there long term. No, uh, not at all. Despite his uh, desire to play with with uh, Francisco Lindor. Can't say Frankie Francisco. anymore. Uh, got their oh, own man. owner calling him out, uh, which is, you know, that's one way to do it, I guess. Yeah, buddy. Um, that's just <sighs> okay. So, you think he just can't handle the the New York atmosphere, the fans, the media, like how everything is? Even if you suck in New York, like everything is just different because, like they say it, and it seems like it's true. Everything is just different in New York. So, do you think that Javi just can't handle that? Chicago's not exactly a small market either. Yeah. Um, what do you think that he? I mean, it was pretty. I mean, most people thought that he might sign an extension there because he did want to play with Lindor. And he had kind of openly said he would want to go to New York. So now we really think he's not going to stay. Do you think it's just – what do you think is going on there? Uh, I mean, you you don't endear yourself to the fans by doing that. Now, granted, you know, fans don't sign contracts. So um, that doesn't mean that they think they can go get a second baseman that's better than him somewhere else. Mm. Um, but you know, I think a lot of it just depends on what his market looks like over the summer, uh, or over the winter, sorry. Um, and just sort of where, uh, he thinks he can get his money. Um, if, if that's in New York, then he'll probably figure out a way to stay. Uh, if it's not, I don't think he'll be too heartbroken to leave. Uh, cause that honeymoon period did not last very long. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think a week. Right. Right. Yeah. You're already booing your own fans. Jesus um, Christ. But you know what though? Like. That's kind of on the fans too. Like, how do you? Just, it's been like, but that's them. That's what they do. Yeah. And it that's was, it was do. a, it was a very rapid fall. Like we said in the month, yeah. they they went from first to third. Right, and you you know that when you say, "Oh, I want to go play in New York," you know what that comes with. That comes with dickhead fans. That's just that's that's your expectation. Um, you know, go Dis- go play in Seattle. Disclaimer: No offense to the non-dickhead Met fan listeners we may have. Thank you. Carry on. 
Yeah. Well, these are always a majority conversation. It's not all <laughs> every every person is not the same clearly, but yes. uh the majority just like how you were saying the the way the media market is uh and the way the fan bases are, the majority of the time they're just they're they're overly harsh on their athletes. Uh and you know, Javi came up in in Chicago. Yeah, it's not a small market, but he came up as like a beloved member of that team. Um, you know, the World it's Series true. buys you a lot of a uh, lot of goodwill. Yes, it does. So, uh, That's very true. That is very true. And he yeah. didn't have to. And I mean, even during this season, that the Cubs were not good while he was there, he did not like even have this kind of thing to deal with from fans or from media. Like they didn't really press him on it. Like there was no. I can't remember any like tense media sessions with Javi Baez because of the questions being asked and how bad that team was doing. No. So, but like a month into it in New York, you're thumb downing the fans and when you get and a base then, hit, and then openly explaining the honest reason why to the media, like, yo, lie, say it's an inside joke, dude. But he came out, he was honest about it. He's like, yo, you know. They uh they boo us when we strike out and stuff. So when we get a hit, you know, I'm just gonna give it a thumbs down. Howie, <laughs> what, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, just keep that shit to yourself, dog. Yeah, well, you know what's funny is he'll he'll go to a team like Boston, who I can't even tell you who their second baseman is. They'll they'll throw thirty million over two years at him to come play second base, and now all of a sudden there's another Yo. dude in the in the AL East. I mean, that's just the type of crap that they do. You think of all the guys that the Yankees and, and the Red Sox have picked up um, over the last couple of years. And you're like, wait, I thought that guy was a building block on like a team. And then all of a sudden he's on the red, like I saw Hunter Renfro on the, on the Red Sox the other day. and was like, wasn't that dude in the, in the Padres outfield hitting like 40 homers a year? Like what, why are you what here fuck? now? What happened? How did, this, how did this happen? Right. And the Red Sox um, have a couple of guys like that where you're like, wait, what? Dude, not going to lie. Like he just, he might end up in the Red Sox because they would throw something at him. Can you imagine him at second base, Xander Bogarts at shortstop, and Devers at third? Bro, they just need a first baseman. They're playing Bobby Dalbeck at third at first base. Right, um, but I'm sure they have a first baseman in their, their farm system. They always have a good farm system. That would be outstanding, actually. And that is quite the international infield right there with Devers and Bogarts and then Baez. Absolutely. And that was off the top. That, there's no information there. I'm just like, that just seems like the type of crap that would happen because that's what baseball is. The, the, right. the big market teams just scoop these guys up that are, that are rebounding. Uh, DJ, I, I can never say his name, J, right? JD Martinez. Well, no, cause he was good in Detroit when they got him. So that wasn't surprising. That's true. Yeah. But uh, LeMayu Le or whatever, the second base. Oh yeah. The Yankees. DJ LeMayu. Yeah, like they just picked him up. I mean, you knew he was good in Colorado, and they just sort of got him for nothing, and then he wins a batting title. It's like that's that's what two. they get to do because they're the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, I think he won two batting titles, actually. <laughs> yeah, and he was like an unsigned free agent for a while. Yeah, yeah it was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, win a couple batting titles. And, you know, don't even have to trade for you. Just sort of and sign you for still- the and he still had to wait until, like, after the season started for them to offer him a contract this year. Right. Yeah, he still came crawling back, which, again, how did no one else, like, offer this dude? Because yes. even on fantasy, he's listed at, like, four positions. So it's not like yes. other teams can't yes. use him. 
No, he's very versatile. Yeah, he's a he can play basically anywhere in the infield. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Right. That's uh, that's my thought. But yeah, playoffs will be fun. Uh, we'll we'll get to that in a couple weeks. Absolutely. Uh, when the the series are set, they they're there's a little bit of I guess seating that's left up to to chance here, but for the most part, we have a good idea. Especially the American League, I think we have a good idea of what it's going to look like. Yeah, it's basically which of the which two of the three ALEs teams are going to take that wild card spot. Right. Right. And again, Toronto, man. If Toronto can man, I mean, they're only a game and a half back of the higher of the two wild card spots. If they can get a home game up in Toronto after having that, having the sport up there for like a year and a half, that place is going to be rocking. It's going to be hard for anybody to win um, up there, if they, and especially in a one-game scenario. That would be super dope to watch. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And and funny, I, I got a, a message from Bleacher Report a minute ago that the, the Jays just swept a four-game series from the Yankees in the Bronx. So, nice. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> clearly they're they're on a mission and they're they're going to be competitive. Uh, percentages still give it to the Yankees based upon strength of schedule coming up, but, you know, they, that's why they play the games instead of writing them down on paper. So Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still would say the Yankees will take it, but – I would not be surprised if the Blue Jays did instead. All right. We will check back on them in the coming weeks, and we will see how the seeding shapes out, who wins those wild card races. Um, we didn't even talk about the National League, actually, which has got um, the Padres and the Dodgers in position right now, and the Reds one game back. So, we will see how that goes next week as we are one week closer to the end of the season and the start of these playoffs and, you know, three, four game sweeps and everything changes in a week. So let's see who we're talking about next week. Right. Absolutely. Uh, now to the main event, buddy. On to the main event. On to the stuff that we all crave is red-blooded American. <laughs> NFL football. Football. Uh, it is the start of the fourth quarter in this game, and it is 28-26 Tampa. Uh, this game has been phenomenal. Tom Brady has looked awesome. Dak Prescott has looked awesome in his return from that just absolutely gruesome ankle injury that he had last year. Um, what have you have you seen anything from this game? Uh, yeah. Um... I think the Bucks' pass defense needs a little bit of work, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, obviously they got plenty of time to work on that. But um, Dak, for the most part, could, could get off whatever throw he wanted, uh, even in obvious passing downs. So uh, they'll have to work on that. Um, they're very, very stout up front. So I, I think that'll, that'll continue barring an injury because uh, some of those guys are pretty old, Sue and, and those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett. Barrett's not too old, but Paul no, and, Sherrick, uh, and Barrett's Sue. definitely the the main guy on that front now with, between age and strength and everything. Because, yeah, everybody yeah. else is a little bit up there. Yeah. So just, um, you know, keeping those guys healthy and keeping the keeping them on the field, that'll be the most important thing. And then I think they'll be fine. Uh, Bucks offense doesn't look like it's missed a beat. Um, the only thing I would say is the, the run game looked a little suspect. Uh, to start with, I didn't see the exact numbers, but just from 
the two and a half quarters I watched, uh, I, I saw Fournette bumble a pass and have it picked off. I saw Ronald Jones fumble uh, inside his own 20. Yep. So, I mean, it just it, that didn't look very clean, and I'm sure that'll be what Arians is working on in the next couple of weeks is getting those guys buttoned down and, and uh, you know, going in the right direction. Uh, as far as Dallas, they sort of look the same too. You know, the defense is going to give up a ton of points, but offense is going to score a ton of points. Um, and CeeDee Lamb looks, looks really, really, really good. Yeah, Dak CD, looks good. CeeDee Lamb looks really good. Michael Gallup looks really good. From a fantasy perspective, anybody out there, if you can go scoop up Michael Gallup, um, he's definitely going to be a part of this offense. Dak looks at him regularly. Uh, obviously, Amari Cooper can be Amari Cooper that uh, is successful if Dak stays healthy and uh, throws him the ball because, man, this offense this offense is a powerhouse. Uh, yeah, the defense, though, is suspect there. I mean, this old man went up and down the field on him. Luckily for the Cowboys, they play in the NFC East, right? So, like, okay, Fitzpatrick might, might beat you. Um, but, I mean, Daniel Jones? Are you scared of Daniel Jones? No. Uh, Jalen Hurts? Like, we don't really know what to think of Jalen Hurts yet. Um, I, I want to talk about the Eagles a little bit in a, in a little bit because I don't know if you know anything about their head coach, but apparently – He's just like not qualified for this job. <laughs> you could you could tell that from his introductory conference where he was just Dude, talking about nonsense systems. <laughs> you know, everybody. You know, we want to make sure that you don't have to think because when you don't have to think anymore, then you can then talent takes over. No think equals talent or something like that. And so he's like, you know, we're gonna work in systems, so we're gonna put these systems in, and when you have systems and you learn your systems. And your talent can just take over. So we're going to definitely implement these systems. He must have said the word systems 60 times in a press conference. And I'm like, yo, this guy is probably the greatest interviewer in the history of interviews. Because for him to get this job and then sound like that <laughs> in a media right. conference, right. it's like, yo, what? How? Oh, Jesus. Sorry, yeah. live play-by-play. Um, Godwin just dropped an easy... 40-yard pass from, from Tom Brady. Oof. Uh, that was oh, – I was a third down, too. Oof. Yeah, third down. Tom Brady is hot. He's looking at him like, man, this is what I get. Why can't I just throw myself the ball? <laughs> Maybe you should throw it to Mike fucking Evans. I didn't make the mistake of drafting Mike Evans this year because they always leave that guy out to dry. I mean, Godwin was open, though. Like, that's not even – I mean, you can't throw it to anybody else on that. No, I get it. I get it. And Godwin's very good. I'm just – Mike Evans is always a sore subject because I drafted him first in fantasy last year. And Brady would, like – he'd have, like, two catches for 24 yards and a touchdown. You'd be like, what the hell? He's, like, a top-five receiver. What is happening? Yeah, I don't get it. And it was – He had one catch for 10 yards in the first half, bro. I didn't even realize that. (laughs) the same shit different day yeah but you know what ab's got like 120 yards and i saw him catch a long touchdown that i was like oh my yeah. god yeah antonio brown right well sure okay antonio brown throw the ball to mike evans god <laughs> <laughs> all right let's see so we'll see how this game ends up uh who do you think wins we'll just call it out there probably tampa I think Tampa will finish pulling this off too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's see. Some of the things that I wanted to get into as we start this NFL season. So 
We are a couple days from our first Sunday. Uh, the Ravens. The Ravens have lost three running backs to injuries during practices, I believe. They lost Marcus Peters to a blown knee during practice. Um, what is going on in Baltimore? Is this a – you think this is like a strength and conditioning type of coach's fault? Like if multiple people on your team are having the same injuries, you think there's something in your regimen that doesn't, you know, strengthen that part of the of their physique? Or like are these just freak accidents? With, there's a turf management. What do you think is going on out there? So without knowing if the if the strength and conditioning coaches have changed in the last couple of years, um, they haven't really had issues like this. So it, that sort of makes me think that it's more just a fluke BS thing. Because Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters were today yeah. to the point where they canceled the rest of practice. Like, we're not going to have a team if we keep going today. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, that, that to me just like screams fluke. I don't know that you can necessarily strengthen an ACL. Um, right. So, uh, I don't know. But it, yeah, it just seems it seems fluky to me. Yeah, that's. Um, I guess it, it's fluky. It's weird that it. Yeah, again, I don't know if they change coaches or not, because this is obviously not a not an issue that they have every season, right? Because um, that would be obviously a lot easier to point at and put together. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I feel bad for Ravens fans, like. J.K. Dobbins, um, now Gus Edwards. I mean, maybe Lamar Jackson can still pull it off. They signed Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad, and he should be elevated by game time Monday night. They have the Monday night football game in uh, Las Vegas. Vegas. So he's washed. Let's be honest. It don't matter. But I mean – is he though? Like, is he hasn't? I mean, he's really talented. He he hasn't had a lot of mileage put on his body over the last like three years, four years. He can. I mean, in a, in the right offense, if somebody can use him correct. I mean, he went to the Jets. I was gonna say, careful what you say there, because the right offense is typically the Kansas City Chiefs offense. And I get that. And I get that. I mean, the Jets was one thing. Yeah. Kansas City. The well, Kansas he sat City out a whole just, year. He yeah. sat out a whole year, and then he played for the Jets. So right. That's basically two lost years. <laughs> then no one wanted you, and you got cut and picked up by the Chiefs to the point where they still were using Daryl Williams more than you because you couldn't get the job done in an offense that's built for a running back just with your supposed skill set. Sure. Um so for me, it's like unless you got your head out of your ass, which I don't think he did since he's ripping Andy Reid, uh, the first person in history to insult Andy Reid, um, uh, unless he, he just did a complete 180, uh, I, I don't see him being a difference maker in any fashion. Um, but again, this thing. is coming from someone who hates the Ravens, so I don't want him to be. No, I get you. I, uh, I went out and immediately traded for him in the fantasy world. I saw <laughs> I saw. So I went out and I traded Odell Beckham Jr. and oh Ronald Jones, who fumbled tonight, <laughs> for Le'Veon Bell and Jarvis Landry, and I feel really good about it. Even just from the Odell Beckham Landry perspective, um, which of those two? You're a Browns fan. Which of those two guys do you think is more productive this year? Which one do you like more? 
Uh, I, I honestly think this is the year that they really use Odell's skill set. Um, this is the first time in his career that Baker's had the same offensive coordinator and head coach for two years in a row. Uh, so having him in their offense, uh, having Odell basically in the entire offseason program uh, because he healed from his ACL so quickly. Um, they were even – that was kind of neat. Uh, Baker, Jarvis, and Odell, the three of them went to uh, Yellowstone to work out uh, mm. this past weekend, uh, just throwing passes on a field with just the three of them and Austin Hooper. Uh, so I just – the connection, I think, is there. I think that they're, they're going to be more on the same page than they have the first couple years. Uh, and, you know, that, that connection that people make to the bronze offense took off when Odell wasn't there. I think is more of a coincidence of just having, um, you know, not having an off season with our new coaching staff and just by the end of the year, the, the offense was clicking better just because right. they had more time together. Um, so I, I always sort of took that more as a coincidence than, Oh, Odell's not there. So it opens everything up. That's so stupid to me. Like you have a guy that talented, even, even if he's just on the field, he has to attract attention. And if he doesn't, then you have Odell Beckham Jr. by himself, uh, you know, one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. So I'll take that matchup. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. And But to a degree, I guess it does open it up in terms of not opening up the offense, but it just spreads the offense more. Obviously, his targets get dispersed among the other players, and obviously they would put up more stats. It'll make them look better. And then people are like, oh, look, look what he does. Why don't you just keep Odell out? And it's like, okay, that's not right. Like he does that because – but again, Beckham can't come back and have one of those stretches like he's had where he doesn't produce for six weeks and he's throwing half-assed blocks on the outside. So you can't even say, oh, you know, he's not making catches, but he's out there pushing it. And he can't have any of that because then that'll just – Yeah. Why are you eating up our target share now? Right. But I don't think we're going to have that problem, honestly. I mean, their run game either. is good enough that I don't necessarily think you – besides for maybe an occasional outside block, I don't think you really need him for that. Uh, right. And I also I, I think because he, he had the game sort of taken away from him and, and has spent so much time with Baker in the offseason, I, I do think that he's invested in, uh, in you know, being better and, and having more consistent stats because I think he knows how much that would mean to the team. Um, the same way, you know, Kansas City, you sort of put him and, and Tyreek Hill in the same ballpark where Tyreek Hill opens up basically everything they do because you, you can't use your safeties against Travis Kelsey because they have to watch what Tyreek Hill's doing. Um, mm -hmm. So their offense is basically unstoppable because you, you have to guard these, you know, hall of fame players one-on-one -on -one because you can't shade towards one of them. Right. Um, you know, Odell sort of does that for the Browns. If, if he's at his peak, you can't bring a safety down to, you know, either one of the Browns tight ends, whether it's in Joku or Hooper uh, or even Harrison Bryant, um, so I think, I think that's the sort of the, the, the role they have for him this year is he's going to be that dynamic playmaker um, that sort of opens everything else up for, for everyone. Uh, and, you know, I think Jarvis will, will benefit from that as well. Cause you, you know, you take, you take people deep and you, you take the safeties away, then, you know, Jarvis has more room over the middle. Yeah. And that's where he definitely thrives. That dude lives in the middle and he loves it. hundred percent. 100%. He'll deal, out, he'll deal out the pain. Absolutely. So, all right, let's see how that goes. And let's see how Le'Veon Bell does if he can actually, you know, 
pull his own weight in Baltimore and help Lamar Jackson get something done there. I think that that team is going to be a bust now. I think that they've it's going to be too much resting on Jackson, and I mean you can only do so much. Yeah, well, and and their first round pick I think was Rashard Bateman from Minnesota, the wide receiver, mm-hmm. to get Lamar more weapons, and he was on the IR a week ago already. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's Mark Andrews and and Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson and that's Hollywood it. Hollywood Brown. <laughs> Love it. That feller is not worrying anyone. No, I don't think so. I mean, unless unless you just leave him uncovered and he blows by you because he is fast. But like other than that, sure. Dude, Antonio Bryant has four catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown, sorry. Yeah, very good. Interesting. This game's been really good. Um, all right, what else is going on out there that I wanted to talk about? Oh, well, T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt signed, what was it, a $120 million deal to become the highest-paid NFL, $112 million extension yeah. with the Steelers to become the highest-paid defensive player in the league. Uh, yeah. Six, seven, seven years after his older brother, J.J. Watt, signed a contract with the Texans to make him the highest paid defensive player in the league at the time. So that's, this is a hell of a family. It is because it's the Steelers. I'm going to hate on it. They're it's just gassy. giving him. Yeah. They're, they're going to give him some BS deal just to, to give him that per year, um, you know, crown of highest paid defensive player, but his contract was still smaller than miles Garrett. Yeah. Uh, so not, I don't know. I, I guess that's good. Uh, Pittsburgh's weird because I don't I don't know that they'll actually finish that contract because they hate giving people big money they hate it which you know two three days ago they had said that it was starting to get ugly in the negotiations they must have figured that they it just was. couldn't risk they couldn't risk not doing it well so. no I think I think what I read was um, that TJ basically told his agents to fuck off and walked into Rooney's office on his own and he's like yo we gotta deal like I accept whatever's on the table right now cause they thought he can get more money from what I read yeah which he probably could have yeah he probably so he's like, I guess he just figured I don't wanna do this shit like that's enough which is cool like okay that's enough money like I'm like I get that these millions are millions that I've earned and I shouldn't leave them on the table but like at the end of the day you, you look big picture you're like it's and look at all the millions I already have. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, 112 is still 112. Exactly. Uh, I didn't see what the guaranteed number was. I assume most of it is guaranteed. Uh, um, 80. 80. 80 of the 112? 80 of does the it say, 112. Does it say if there was a signing bonus? Uh, it does not. Okay. All right. So that's what twenty eight a year. Twenty eight, yep. Okay, and Garrett's getting twenty five. So, all right, fair enough. Well, but that's uh, more so than anything. Very impressive sperm that their father has. <laughs> uh, the mother's yeah. eggs are clearly very fertile growth grounds for incredible well, they were. brute strength. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Past tense. Yeah, indeed. Uh, <laughs> menopause and all. <laughs> all right moving on because i'd never in a million years thought we would talk about the watt mother's menopause on this podcast <laughs> ever. 
but here we are. It's very so, late for you. <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving on. Um, all right, so we're going to do a thing. Uh, we're going to do a thing every week where we're going to pick some games. We're going to definitely pick on our own team's games. Uh, so we are going to talk about whoever the Browns are playing that week. We're going to talk about whoever the Dolphins are playing that week. And then we are going to pick three other games uh, that should be the best games that week. We're going to take our pick. We're going to talk about them a little bit, maybe why we think this uh, team would win or why not, um, and go from there. So week one. Week one is underway. It is looking pretty awesome so far. Halfway through the fourth quarter in this game. Update for anybody who wants to listen, even though this game will be over and you can check the score. Uh, Still 28-26 Tampa. So... Let's start with uh, let's start with the big one, man. We'll start with your team. So, okay, the Cleveland Browns at four twenty-five on Sunday afternoon visits the defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think is going on there? Uh, it's very early, so I feel like I can come back if I'm wrong. So I'm gonna homer this. I'm gonna go Browns. Uh, steal a, a victory on the road. Uh, sort of avenge their their last game that they played uh, in the same stadium. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my pick. I think the Browns win. So the Browns are going to win on the road in Kansas City. Yes, sir. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, sir. <laughs> cool. I hope that goes very well for you. <laughs> um, from a fantasy perspective, I've got some I've got some interest in the Browns here and there. So maybe, but I've also got some interest in the Chiefs. I don't see how anybody still figures out how to stop Kelsey and how to stop Hill and how to stop Mahomes. Um, your offense may be able to score some more points. Oh, they um, can score. They'll they'll be fine scoring because you, you have Matthew, you have uh, Chris Jones, and then you have nine dudes. And I know so, your defense yeah. is awesome, but, man, it's the Chiefs. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I think I think that just things are going to be different for the Browns this year. And you know, in, in in like the playoffs, I probably would pick the Chiefs. But because it's game one and it's early enough in this uh, little pick'em thing that we're doing, that I can come back from getting one wrong, um, I, I I'm just I'll, I'll go for my team. But they're certainly underdogs. I think Vegas has them five and a half point underdogs. So the smart play is Kansas City for sure. They are. Five and a half point underdogs, according to Caesars, right now. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, I'm the Browns. You're going Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking KC. Okay. Uh, for all the reasons I just mentioned, I can't really. <laughs> yeah. Really go outside of that. Yeah, um, I get it. All right. Next, we'll do the Dolphins. So, the Dolphins are in Foxborough. Open the season up against Mac Jones. And the uh, New England Patriots, it's the Alabama Bowl with Tua versus Mac Jones. The Patriots are currently three-point underdogs. So this is kind of a push because they've got – I'm sorry, three-point favorites, not underdogs. Yeah. We are three-point underdogs. Um, Listen, I get Mac Jones is – everybody's expecting him to be the next coming of Tom Brady. I don't know how accurate that can really be. Uh, but I'm expecting big things from two of this season. I'm expecting big games from this team. This is one that we always lose. 
We don't win in Foxborough. We tend to open. This is the second year in a row that we open in Foxborough. We didn't win last year, despite having the good season that we had. We always beat them at home, right? Away at New England is one of the games that Brian Flores needs to change the results on to really solidify his status as an uh, awesome head coach for this franchise. Uh, Tua needs to do it. I think that the offense, Miles Gaskin, has looked really good in the preseason. I think he's going to do really well for us again. Uh, the receiving core, we won't have Fuller for this game because he's suspended, right? But we still have uh, Parker, Waddle, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, obviously Mike Gusecki. If the offensive line can hold up, I think we can I think we can steal a victory up in New England finally. Uh, rookie quarterback against, you know, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones and this front that the, the Dolphins defense has, which is uh, awesome, right? Defenses are bread and butter right now on the scene. So I think that the Dolphins are going to take that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I I think I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I think I'm going to pick the Ooh. Dolphins as well. Um, my thought process is I I I trust the Dolphins more right now than I do the Patriots. Uh, besides for the quarterback being an unknown, um, I didn't really find anything good out of all the money they spent in the offseason. The Patriots. Um, so I, I don't know how much better they are than the seven and nine team that they had before. Uh, as far as I can tell, the only comparison you can really make between Mac Jones and Tom Brady is Mac Jones is white. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think that that really uh, it means that Bill Belichick is going to turn him into Tom Brady. Tom Brady is sort of your once in a lifetime, um, maybe once in 50 years, you know, late round uh, pick that just turns into, you know, this, this world beater. Um Right. I don't think Matt Jones is going to be bad, but I also think when real defenses are playing the Patriots, I don't think that he's going to have as much success as, uh, you know, clearly is not as much as Alabama, but not even as well as he did in the preseason. So, uh, you know, I'm okay being wrong on this one. And I, like you said, New England is favored by, by a field goal. Uh, I think mostly because they're at home. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go Dolphins as well and, and ride All with right. that. All right. So we got uh, Rob going with the Browns and the Dolphins so far, and I'm riding with the Chiefs and the Dolphins so far. I'd love to see the Miami love on these. Next, we are going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Buffalo Bills. Well, you can take this one first, sir. This one's easy to me. I think the Bills are going to crush <laughs> the Steelers. I think so, honestly. Too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they did last year when they played them. I'm fairly certain Buffalo beat them pretty bad. Um, and, and I don't see that being any different this year. Uh, I don't know what it'll mean for the regular season, but Josh Allen looked awesome in the preseason. Um, he looks just as good as he did last year. Uh, clearly, his comfort level in, in that offense has skyrocketed uh, over the past two seasons. So he's... He's a uh, he's a legit MVP candidate, and the Steelers roll out a forty-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, who I swear his arm is going to fall off in a while. Yeah, but it's field. still it's still a cannon, and the Steelers I mean, do have they do have weapons um, with Najee who? Harris now. Najee Harris, Clay, okay. uh, well, Claypool. They've got Deontay Johnson. I mean, the offense can put Eric Ebron. They can put something up if if. Ben Roethlisberger can stay on his feet long enough to. Well, here's here's the here's uh, the problem they have. Put one of those out. 
I don't think they're going to have a running game. I don't think Najee Harris was the answer to their running game because they didn't address anything with the offensive line. Uh, to my knowledge, no, but he's another best. pass catcher. He's a Le'Veon Bell for them in that role. Perfect. That's but case. if you don't have to, if you don't have to bring anybody up, you teams can run out six or seven defensive backs. I mean, you you, you have to be able to. That was part of the problem with the Steelers last year that you know, they didn't scare anyone with their run game. And once teams figured that out in the second half of the season, they they were like one in five to close the year. Yeah, they had a they were awful. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, I don't see what they did to improve that. And if if it's drafting a running back twenty sixth or whatever it was, uh, you think is going to fix your issues, um, and then your best offensive lineman that I could tell went to a division rival. Uh, I I don't know what you're expecting to change. So, yeah, I, I think Buffalo is going to kill him. Honestly, yeah, Josh Allen is awesome. Uh, Stephon Diggs is awesome. I don't know who's going to be their lead running back yet, and I still don't think that's a big problem because Josh Allen is their lead running back when he needs to be. Um, so, yeah, I think Buffalo takes this also. Cool. Yep. What else we got? Oh, this is a interconference clash. We've got the Arizona Cardinals visiting Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, and the Tennessee Titans. Um they are three-point underdogs to the Titans. So the Titans are favored by three. So that's that's a pretty even matchup. I mean, you got Kyler Murray. You've got uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You've got uh, – who's um, – who'd they get now? AJ, running back today? Oh, well, AJ Green as well. Green. Yeah. They added a running back too. No, it's um, – they're going with Chase Edmonds and – oh, and James Conner. Um, so that offense is going to put up some points. J.J. Watt on the defense. The defense was pretty decent as it was last year um, on the other side of the ball, you've got the Titans, you've got Ryan Tannehill, who's godly since leaving the Dolphins, um, Derek Henry, you've got AJ Brown. And now the addition of Julio Jones, it's, that's a good team too. Their defense is strong. Mike Rabel's a good head coach apparently, and he's definitely defensive minded. So that defense is always uh, pretty stout. Um, but I think they're going to fuck it up, so I'm going to go with Arizona on this one. Okay. Well, good. We have we have our second disagreement. That's good. Uh, I'm going to go Tennessee. Uh, funny part about what the Titans are right now is I actually don't think that their defense is very good. Uh, I think a lot of the, the games they get into and the games that they win are, are ones that they win in a shootout. Because uh, really the only guy on defense that anybody has to game plan around is that Jeffrey Simmons – um, maybe now Bud Dupree, but he's coming off a torn ACL, so you don't even really know what he is. Uh, and then, you know, you just mentioned all their offensive guys. They're, they're going to score. I would think they're going to score a ton of points. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Titans. I'm going to go Titans. I, I just – I don't trust the, the Cardinals and Kingsbury yet. I don't think – I don't think that he knows what to do with their talent level. So, okay. Yeah. All right, so we got the Titans for Rob. I'm taking the Cardinals. So we got two games that could uh, separate us this week so far. Last one on the docket. This one's not as compelling of a game, but I think that the storylines might be. So Bears taking on the Rams out in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The Rams are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, Go for it. You can take this one first. 
Yeah. So when I looked at the list that we came up with, uh, I, I thought that a lot of these were, were pretty cut and dry. Uh, and the, I mean, I feel like the Rams are a pretty clear favorite, uh, especially, you know, as, as long as the bears do this, this thing that we're going to start Andy Dalton, um, I, I don't have any faith in the bears in the slightest. Uh, I, you would think they would have saw what happened in, in Dallas last year when Andy Dalton replaced Dak Prescott with all those weapons, they did nothing. And the bears have like one weapon. So I don't, well, I don't really know what they're thinking. Here's one of the reasons that I was picking this game. Do you think that it is a possibility that we see Justin Fields mid game in game one, if Andy Dalton goes out there and has a, two or three interception in the first half. If it's something that bad, then yes, I think that's on the table. Because I think Matt Nagy knows that, that you know, this could be the year he loses his job. He, and they he's might got to go to fields at some point. Yeah, that it's not going to – well, he, I mean, they traded a decent amount to get up to get fields. Um, and they did that with the expectation that, well, if this doesn't work, I'm not going to be here when we don't have the picks. So – um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do think that it's going to be fields, but what I was trying to say is I don't know that Nagy's guaranteed, you know, the full season. Um, you know, he, oh. they get off to an 0-3 start with Dalton. That seat's already hot. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't know that he has the luxury to wait, uh, you know, halfway through the season or whatever you guys did with Tua last year. I don't, I don't think he has that luxury. Yeah, I don't even know that he has five games, bro. No, I get maybe, it. Maybe, maybe two. Maybe two. especially not in that division. If you really want to be competitive this year, uh, with you know Khalil Mack on the other side of the ball and and decent decent defense, uh, you can't you can't fall too far behind in that division. With right, because you you would assume Minnesota could be third, third, right? You you was, yeah, you would assume that right now they sit only ahead of the Lions. Yeah, yeah. So like, do we think Andy Dalton is the thing that's going to jump them over Minnesota? And and no. that's exactly so like. What are they doing? <laughs> oh, I get, I get. Why are we playing this game? I yeah. think it's honestly the only. I could see him starting week two. Do you, do you think it would be a great idea to throw a rookie in his first career start against this defense with that guy in front of him eating him up in his first ever start? Like, I think that if the plan is week two, I'd be like, yeah, I kind of fucking agree with you, bro. But if you're just like kind of just doing this so and you don't have a set plan. And okay, like, what are you doing? But I wouldn't want to throw him up against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and that defense first career start on the road in a stadium that no none of those fans have ever sat in before because they didn't they opened it last year to COVID and California is obviously one of the most restrictive states when it came to this stuff. So I don't know if I want my possible franchise quarterback starting off on that foot in particular. Uh and and the, I think the logic is sound. The logic that you're that you're using, I think, is very sound. Um, what I will say is part of the reason why I I thought Justin Fields should have been the, at least the second quarterback taken is I think his college experience puts him to the point where he can he can deal with that type of stuff as well or better than say like a Trey Lance who played in North Dakota. Uh, right. And probably the biggest crowds he had were maybe 30,000 people where Justin Fields was playing in front of 110, 105 uh, with NFL prospects around him, uh, whether in practice or on the other side of the field. So I, I don't think that it's as big of a deal for Fields to go up against guys like that. Clearly, 
you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are better than anyone he faced in college. I'm not, you know, trying to make that comparison. Uh, but the idea that he would be, you know, shell-shocked or scared or, or unable to handle it, I think, is, is um, underestimating him, uh, honestly. So okay. to me, if you're going to, you know, if you're out there trying to save your job and you saw what this kid did in the preseason, um, you saw the excitement he brought to the fans, to the rest of the team, uh, the different things he can do that, that Dalton just can't do at this stage of his career, uh, I, I, would be, I would be starting fields week one personally but yeah you know if it was week two it'd be like okay i get it you didn't want to put him against aaron donald you don't want to kill him fine um but to me it's you know let's put the best guy out there that gives us the best chance to win right away um and and i i think right now that's justin fields so i get you this is why i wanted to talk talk about this game because i think yeah this is, it's very interesting considering how much they gave up for him um <clears throat> And they had already named Andy Dalton the starter before the draft even, I think. That's how they got him to sign there, and they, they guaranteed him that he'd be the starter this year. Um, yeah, everything screams like one week. <laughs> but let's see. So who are you taking in this game? I'm taking the Rams, and I assume oh, you were yeah. taking the Rams? Okay. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, I think the Rams are a legit – uh, I mean, you sent the thing from Chris Sims the other day. I don't I – don't, I kind of agree with him. I think the Rams are a legit – Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender, contender with Matthew Stafford. I really do. Let's talk uh, about that for a second. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Chris Sims, who is, I'm sure, a big fan of what we do down here, if you were to ever listen to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, he put out his playoff bracket, his prediction bracket. Um, and we'll just skip straight to the good stuff. So he's got, in the conference championship games, the Rams beating the Bucks. And getting into the Super Bowl. So, pointing out that would be the second year consecutive that a team plays the Super Bowl in their home stadium after it having never happened before. Um, so, just, uh, I mean, that's pretty cool, but I feel like that that's not likely to happen again for a while. But it could be the Rams. So, that's who they got coming out. That's who he's got coming out of the NFC. And then in the AFC, he has the Cleveland Browns beating the Chiefs in Kansas City, then going to L.A. and beating the Rams in their home stadium and being the Super Bowl champions. It's yeah. music to your ears, huh? It is. It is. I, I, don't, I don't know that I could even handle a, uh, a Brown Super Bowl championship. Like that, those two things don't even make sense to me. So, uh, he yeah, doesn't have the Dolphins in the playoffs. He doesn't have the Dolphins in the playoffs. <clears throat> he, he didn't. Um, he didn't. No. And, uh, and I think I a lot of the records. And he, and he, t- he speaks highly of the Dolphins very, very, very consistently. Um, but the AFC is stacked. Like, it it's, is. It's, it's a bad time to, like, finally have your team do good in the AFC because, like, the AFC is stacked. The AFC East is once again stacked. A one-team division for 15 years is all of a sudden everybody but the Jets. Um, so that's that's just really bad. I mean, in your division, it's always been either just Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and now you guys are kicking ass. Um, Kansas City, it's, it was always either, you know, the Chargers or the Broncos. Now the Chargers are good. The Chiefs are good. Uh, the Raiders could be good. They're always right there on the cusp. Like, the AFC is jacked up. Um 
It is. So I, I get why he wouldn't pick the Dolphins, but I think the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl, bro. We're doing this. <laughs> I don't know that I'd go that far, but I, I wouldn't be upset if you flipped out the Steelers for the Dolphins. <coughs> Excuse me. To a time. To a time. Um, oh, my God. All right. Well, that is the conclusion of what we have planned for this evening. Um. I don't know why I wanted to just sound like a butler there. I sound like somebody out of the Adams family. Um, <laughs> so that's it. This is episode 14. Uh, week one of the NFL is upon us. Minute and a half left in this game. It's still a two-point Tampa lead. But the Cowboys are attempting a 48-yard field goal to go up one. Uh, so that's a fun start to the season already. Uh, the Bucks obviously opening at home, putting up their banner, which I still can't believe Tom Brady showed up there and did that in one season. Yeah. Um, so that's been a fun I'm sure the NFL is happy with this uh, the kick was good so we're about to see if Tom Brady can lead them down the field in a minute and a half this is freaking textbook Tom Brady shit he's got, a minute, is. he's got a minute 24 and a, and a timeout like the, the Bucks are going to win this game everybody I don't know what's going to happen right yeah. now but the Bucks are going to win this game yeah um, yeah. and then all they need is a field goal they don't even need a touchdown yeah so we've got that going on now week one this Sunday bunch of good games um, and then the Monday night football game, which is the first game with fans at the new Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. So that'll be awesome. It's Ravens versus the Raiders. So enjoy the NFL week one slate, everybody. Thank you for listening to us. Feel free to subscribe to the pod, rate us, review us, follow us on Instagram at three major sports um, and interact. Let us know what you guys like, don't like, and we'll talk to you all next week. Yes, sir. Take care, buddy. Take it easy. All righty.